I'm Brooke Denevsky, and welcome to Charity Talks. Today I spoke with Susanna Schaefer, the CEO of Smile Train. Every year, thousands of children around the world are born with cleft lips and palates that lead them to live their lives in isolation, not to mention to endure the physical difficulties that come with this condition. That's where Smile Train comes in. They help train medical professionals in underdeveloped countries who then provide reconstructive surgeries and post-surgery support to give these children their lives back. It's truly an uplifting mission, and I think you'll enjoy hearing about the good that they do. I'm on with Susanna Schaefer, the president and CEO of Smile Train. Susanna, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Brooke. To start, can you share a little bit about yourself and your background and how you became involved with Smile Train? Sure. So um, I am actually a board member of Smile Train and have been since 2003. So I've been involved with the organization uh, for 17 years now, and I've been a CEO since April 2013, so seven years um, as CEO and and president of the organization. And I was uh, initially uh, introduced to Smile Train in the cause of cleft uh, through uh, the founder of Smile Train, which is, uh, or who is, uh, Charles B. Wong. Uh, he's a technology entrepreneur. Uh, sadly, he passed away in October of 2018. Um, so we lost our uh, visionary and really the driving force behind Smile Train. But I worked with him at his company called Computer Associates, which is now called CA Technologies, um, and had been involved with him before he even started Smile Train. And so it is uh, my honor to be continuing forward uh, with his legacy that he started. Um, and his goal was uh, that every child born with cleft, no matter where they were born, Uh, had the opportunity to lead a full and productive life. And that has been the uh, vision behind Smile Train since its inception. And we're taking it forward. And um, I'm just very comforted in knowing that I'm able to do that uh, in his honor. Yeah, it's clearly such a huge legacy. So I definitely think it's amazing to see this continuing and his work continuing. And you already started to talk about, but could you share some more about what are some of the problems that Smile Train addresses? So Smile Train is focused on cleft lip and palate. Um, and it's uh, the treatment that is needed to rehabilitate a patient that uh, is born with the condition. Again, no matter where they are born in the world, we work uh, and have worked in over 90 countries around the world, um, helping essentially the poorest of the poor. So anyone that uh, was born with cleft and didn't have access to health care to have their cleft treated. Um, so it's providing the surgery that's needed. Um, it could be subsequent surgeries behind an initial surgery for cleft lip 
and or palate or both. And then all of the ancillary or comprehensive care that is needed uh, to fully rehabilitate the patient. So we look at a holistic approach to treating cleft um, and not just that immediate surgical intervention that, you know, would repair, let's say, a cleft lip or palate. Yeah. And what causes cleft lips and palates? Well, it's still unknown. Um, it is the most common facial birth difference. It affects um, one in 700 uh, births throughout the world. So it's, you know, not a condition that is only for low and middle income countries. Um, so there's clefts here in the United States as well. Um, but you just would not see it because it's treated um, because we have access to care here in the United States. So a baby's cleft will be treated in the first few months of birth. Whereas in uh, low and middle income countries, there could be conditions where children and their families obviously couldn't get access to health care. And so you would see a child living uh, several years without treatment. And a cleft lip is something that can often be very stigmatized from a cosmetic standpoint, but I suspect people don't always realize the physical problems that clefts can cause, including creating difficulty with eating, breathing, hearing, and speaking. So could you elaborate a little bit more about what some of these issues are? Sure. Well, if you can imagine being born with a cleft uh, in a low and middle income country where they're is just a lack of awareness for what cleft is, what caused it, why it could have occurred. Um, so a parent who doesn't have access to that education um, could have a child who is born with a cleft and, and there are so many stigmas surrounding it in so many of um, these communities where it could have been parents thinking that, you know, they looked at the eclipse of the moon or, um, we've heard stories where, you know, they, they say they looked at a handicapped person or played with knives. And so that's why their child was born with a hole in their mouth or a split lip. Um, so there are so many stigmas that are out there and so much unknown. Um, when we first started working uh, in the late 90s, um, we would hear really sad stories of from midwives where you know, the parents wanted their child killed or, you know, the head of a village or a tribe would say that, you know, this child has no right to cons to go on living. And they're heartbreaking, heartbreaking stories. So, so much of our work is just about the awareness behind cleft and the education. And one of the things, Brooke, you had mentioned is the medical conditions that go along with cleft, which is also very unknown. Um, so difficulties in breathing um, if you have an open uh, cleft lip or palate. Eating, so nutrition is, is a factor. So it's breathing, eating, speaking. If you've gone on, if a child's gone on to live a few years with an untreated cleft and they're incapable of communicating effectively. So there are so many side effects that go along uh, with with cleft. And then, you know, based on the severity of the cleft, there could be more treatments that are needed. And so that's really what our work is. It's it's advocating uh, for cleft awareness. Um, it's helping to raise awareness 
for Clefton and having the educational materials that are needed um, to support any child who's born with cleft anywhere in the world. Yeah, and you touched upon how sometimes treating cleft can need more than a simple surgery, and even a surgery alone has such an impact, but what are some of the services that Smile Train provides to affected children? So our model is is working with local partner hospitals, uh, doctors or surgeons, uh, nurses, anesthetists, orthodontists, speech therapists. It's a, a whole comprehensive team that comes together on the back end to treat cleft. And so our work is, is guided to empower these medical professionals so that they can treat children in their own communities. Um, Smile Train is there to pro- provide them with the funding and resources they need to meet those objectives that they have on the ground. So with that comes training and education. And what's important for us is we're, we are not telling them how to do that work. We're just helping them, assisting them, supporting them. Um, so it's very important for us to be able to listen to what their needs are so that we can help um, to meet their objectives and then work with our donors and our supporters um, in educating them on what the services that are needed uh, on the grounds and in the communities. Um, so it's, you know, it, it sounds so simple in that, um, you know, you have a cleft and you treat it and the child goes on to lead a full and productive life. But uh, with that, um, and if you think about low and middle income countries, there might not be orthodontists, there might not be speech therapists that are needed to be able to for all of the services. So we need to help train them. We need to help train speech therapists so that they can provide the treatments and the sessions that the children need to be able to communicate effectively. Yeah, something that I love so much about Smile Train's work is just how it's such a sustainable model because I think that's so important that charities not only are donating and helping with their time, but they're making sure that they're helping create something that lasts within these communities themselves. Yeah, and that's been our focus and what has been our approach on you know from inception. It was Charles's vision that was to use the the philosophy of teaching a man to fish. We could easily have surgeons just fly from the US and do the surgeries and leave, but that doesn't leave leave a lasting impact. And so his whole approach to treating cleft was to build a model of sustainability so that we can build capacity in these countries. Why should children be left waiting for a doctor to come back and treat them? Um, We could be the conduit to be able to provide the funding and resources that they need um, so that there is sustainability in countries to treat cleft. And that's what our goal is. Um, If you were born with a cleft here in the United States, you would have a full cleft team behind you who would be working with the family and, you know, mapping out the surgeries that are needed and, you know, having access to speech therapists and orthodontists. Um, Nutritional counseling would come through 
you know, your, your medical team. And we want exactly that for our patients and for the communities that we're supporting. So that's our, that's our goal. And I know that, as you said, Smile Train operates around the world. So how do you identify some of the regions that are the most in need? Um, well, it's a, a lot of times it's partners, medical partners coming to us, um, reaching out. They've heard about Smile Train and, you know, they want to become a Smile Train partner. Um, we also have uh, rising surgical students that come to us and say, you know, I need to refine my training in cleft lip and palate and can Smile Train support me? So it's us being able to have the visibility out there so um, medical partners and doctors can come to us, whereas we also have um, our global team, our Smile Train global team, uh, that work on the ground in countries and also reach out to local medical partners themselves and say, do you have the need for this? Do you see in your community untreated cleft? How can we help? And that's how we work together. It's all in partnership. Yeah. And going back to your teach a man to fish model, what would you say is the role really that efficiency plays in the work that Smile Train does? It's really critical to how we work. Um, obviously, we're a nonprofit, so it's very important to be as efficient as possible. Um, I think that's one of the things that our, our supporters and our donors love so much about Smile Train is um, how efficient we are. So uh, if you Take a region like Africa, for example. Um, when we first started, there were only two plastic surgeons on the entire continent of Africa. Now, how could two plastic surgeons in, you know, over 30, in the countries we work in, it's over 30 countries in Africa treat the amount of patients that existed at that time um, who had untreated cleft? it would be impossible. And so that's where our model of sustainability and teach a man to fish and, and with the focus on training and education was to be able to train more doctors, more surgeons, so that they were able to treat children with cleft lip and palate. And so to do that efficiently was we have a nice uh, group of uh, surgeons in India, for example, where we could be taking the surgeons from India and sending them to Africa to do trainings or sending surgeons from Africa who needed more training to India to be trained. It's much more efficient than having a team from the U.S. come in or having a team from Africa go to the U.S. So it was how efficiently we could do it, how effectively and how quickly. Was there children that needed the help? And the reason that I bring up efficiency is just because there are so many different organizations and charities out there that I just think that's so important that people really, if they are going to spend their limited resources and limited time investing in these organizations, they look for some of the most efficient organizations and charities. So I really appreciate yeah. that. Yes. And and I one thing to add, too, is, you know, Charles uh, was a technology entrepreneur. So technology is is also at, 
at the heart of who we are. It's in our DNA, thanks to Charles. And so we have our virtual surgery simulator. Um, we also um, just took over the operations of a company in Canada called Simular Medical, which has a training device um, where it's it's a surgical simulator where students can actually operate on an actual cleft, not a, a child. It's, yeah. you know, a, a surgical simulator where they get a great opportunity to really fine tune their skill sets. Um, so it's all, we're always looking for innovative ways um, to make our work more efficient. Yeah. And I also think it's so incredible just how a relatively simple surgery can be so impactful in a person's life almost immediately after the surgery is complete. It is immediate. And it's incredible when, you know, and I've had the opportunity to witness a surgery, but it's when you see a cleft lip uh, being operated on, it's it's really at that first stitch. It's it's just an immediate uh, transformation, and it's it's emotional um, because so many times it's it's a child that's lived several years with an untreated cleft, and you can, you can't even. It's, it's still hard to imagine what life could be like. Yeah, and it sounds like I'm sure you've had so many personal experiences with witnessing what Smile Train does. So I was wondering if you could share any personal stories of the good that you do. Yeah, it's um it is a beautiful story and I still find it to be incredibly motivating and still very emotional from as long as I've been involved with the charity. But the the stories that really get to me are um, I've met several teenagers I've even met adults that have lived so many years with untreated cleft and they had no chance whatsoever um, without smile train and it just makes you appreciate and love smile train that much more and I think that the first time I was ever really exposed. I mean, obviously I, I know the first patient retreated, which was the young girl uh, in China who was 10 years old uh, when she had her life-changing surgery. That was Wang Li. She was from a village outside of Nanjing, China. Um, and I think she, her story um, so perfectly speaks to what Smile Train is all about because she lived 10 years. She couldn't go to school um, she really led a life of isolation, um, until her father had heard about the free surgery through Smile Train and traveled, you know, a long distance, uh, with her to the city of Nanjing so she could have her life-changing surgery. And thereafter, Wang Li was able to go to school. Um, she's now married. She has a little boy. So I think she speaks, her story just speaks beautifully to the Smile Train story. But I have another story. It's right after I became CEO of Smile Train. It was my first trip to the field since I actually became CEO. So, you know, not a board member, actually running the organization. And I took a trip to the Philippines, uh, to Manila. And I was with our uh, Smile Train Philippines country manager, uh, Kimi Flaviano. 
And we visited one of our partners and it was a day of celebration. So there were many patients there, some still with untreated cleft. Some have already had their surgeries and, you know, we're working with the partners on speech therapy and having, you know, orthodontia treatments as well. Um, but there was a, a teenager, uh, her name was Clarissa. She had her cleft, she had cleft lip and palate. She really struggled to speak and to communicate with me. She had her surgery uh, just a few months before my visit. Um, so she had her lip repaired. She had the palate repaired and she was going back and forth and she traveled the distance. She traveled by herself without her parents to come to the hospital that day so she could be there. It was kind of a party we were having for our smile train patients. But I just remember meeting her and she she was having orthodontia treatment where she had the um, she had a device that was in the roof of her mouth. Um, so it was very, very difficult for her to speak. And she also had problems speaking because of living to 13 years with an open cleft palate. So the, the aides at the hospital were helping her communicate with me. Plus she spoke in Tagalog, so she wasn't speaking <laughs> English. So we had that communication barrier. But I could just feel her emotion and her gratitude and her thanks. And I was very emotional for me. Um, I had almost teenagers at that time in my life. They're a little older now because this is now seven years ago. Um, but almost at the age that Clarissa was. And I just, it just really touched me very, very deeply. To, to think of what her journey was, um, what her life had been like, um, how I got to see her dancing on stage and feeling confident and having friends, loving um, the medical team at the hospital who were supporting her through all of this, the hug that she and I had, like you could just feel it throughout her body and every ounce of her of this appreciation you know and I know that that's what our donors and our supporters that that's what they feel they want to help the Clarissas the Wong Lees who are out there that just have no chance if it's if it's not for them and it's it's you know, Smile Train, we're, we're helping, we're, we're the stewards, you know, that are helping our donors funding, you know, helping them meet their philanthropic goals and, and helping, but it, it's just so powerful. And it's just wonderful to see. And, and to know that in some way I have some small part in it is, is that much more meaningful. Wow. And I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this will definitely be interested in getting involved. So what are some of the different ways that people can get involved if they'd like to help? Well, um, obviously, donations are, are always welcome um, because our work doesn't stop. And, and so we rely on our, our funding to help as many uh, patients as possible. 
but there are so many ways, um, and especially for young people who are who are your age, Brooke. Um, we have uh, our student um, ambassador program. Um, we have um, so many ways to have events and and help raise awareness uh, for Smile Train. So through the schools, as I said, we have the student ambassador program, but. You can have bake sales. You can become a part of Team Empower, which is our athletic supporters who go out and run marathons and do Ironmans and do bike races. And um, they might have a 5K walk um, to raise awareness uh, and funding for Smile Train. Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday, which is a a big day here in the U.S. um, to give back. And to think about um, charities and and who you can support. Um, so we'll have some activities for Giving Tuesday. Um, but there, yes, there are so many ways to get involved. You can go to smiletrain.org and click on Get Involved, and you can see the the uh, all the different activities um, that we have available. And in closing, are there any additional thoughts about Smile Train or anything really that you'd like to share? Um, well, I think for young people today, I think um, young people are, are very educated. They have so much information, you know, right at their fingertips with a smartphone. So, and and they're also eager and, and um, you know, I, I look at my own teenagers, they're like sponges, you know, they, they want to learn and, and they want to do good and um, find ways for kindness and and to do acts of kindness and so the best way to do that and to learn through the process is to get involved with uh, a nonprofit that you know it could be you know something that affects you personally or it could be ways that you just want to learn um, how organizations work or um, want to learn more about other cultures I mean there's so many different ways to you know, put your mind and and your heart to work. Um, and I think through advocacy and through nonprofits is, is a great way to open your eyes to the world and um, to see what's out there and, and who needs help. And there's nothing better than helping somebody else. Yeah. You know, it makes you feel good and it, it makes you feel like you're making a difference. Well, thank you again so much because I really think that everyone who who's listening to this will really just be impacted because it's clear how much you care about your work. So I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Brooke. Yeah, and, and thank you for doing what you're doing because you're you're helping to uh, share and to uh, use your own platform for doing good, which is great.